Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Today is Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. Got a great conversation coming up with Andrew Malcolm, uh, really focusing on Joe Biden's uh, uh, 60 Minutes interview. We have all sorts of different uh, discussions about uh, Andrew's uh, uh, column, his Red State VIP column, his Malcolm on the Right podcast, as well as the top stories of the day. So that's coming up. Uh, talking about the top stories this morning, however, we've got a couple of really interesting ones. Uh, the, the biggest one today, at least in terms of hot air readership, was this very curious uh, attempt by Don Lemon to throw reparations into the mix of Queen Elizabeth's funeral. He had on a uh, royal, uh, royal family expert commentator named Hillary Ford, Fordwich, I think, or Fordwich is probably how it's pronounced. And he proceeded to try to toss out the idea that, well, you know, now that, uh, now that the Queen Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth is gone, we need to focus on the impacts of colonialism and people want reparations. And what do you think about that? And as it turned out, she didn't think much about that. <laughs> she in fact shredded this idea. It was clear that Don Lemon was completely unprepared, uh, for that, for offering that question and for getting the response that he got. And I, I suspect there's a reason why. I think that there's way too much deference among American commentators to the idea of reparations, which is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous idea. And because all it is, and I talk about this in my post, is it's an unjust transfer of wealth from people who had nothing to do with slavery and nothing to do with Jim Crow. And that is being transferred to people who were never enslaved. And for the most part, had no particular impact from Jim Crow, no, at least no direct personal impact <clears throat> from Jim Crow. That doesn't mean that there aren't issues that are hangovers of those periods of time, but we've had reparation programs in place ever since the end of Jim Crow. That's affirmative action, both in employment and education. There's the great society programs that were initially more aimed at uh, black families or, or, or black Americans in general. Uh, and then all of that stuff got expanded to other demographics, which means that it got diluted, diverted, and backfired to some extent. But I mean, the idea that you're going to bring this up to somebody who is, you know, not immersed in in that deference and not be prepared to hear that is um, rather amusing for a guy who's supposed to be setting the editorial direction for CNN every morning, uh, starting at the end of the month. So this is this is from last night's. Uh, Don Lemon show. And it's a very amusing. If you haven't seen it yet, you, you do have to watch this. Uh, I just put up a post as right before I um, recorded this uh, this morning uh, regarding um, uh, what's happening in Russia. There's a um, apparently a panic in uh, Donetsk and Luhansk over the advances that the Ukrainians are making. And frankly, the pro-Russian forces in those places should be very worried about that. Now they want to hold a plebiscite as... <laughs> Ukraine is advancing into those territories to try to justify uh, an annexation by Russia of the of that territory, which Kiev says they, they don't care about that. Uh, it's their territory. They're going to take it back regardless of whether they, they hold plebiscites or not. But I mean, the time for the plebiscite is over. You do that when you're fully in control of that territory, when you can intimidate people into voting for whatever it is that you want. Now they have to decide. Now people in that area have to decide whether or not they want to put their name on a ballot, which might end up being used against them by either side, depending on who wins. I mean, if they if they vote for annexation and the Ukrainians take over and they find out who voted for it, those people are going to be collaborationists. 
They're going to be collaborators, I should say, collaborators. And they're going to get a collaborator's end out of it. Uh, if, on the other hand, Russia's, Russia remains there and people were voting against the annexation, well, you can imagine what Russia is going to do with those people, assuming that they even exist. Because as we are discovering, as Ukraine is liberating these territories, there has already been a lot of, um, uh, they've already found mass graves, torture chambers, that sort of thing to try to eliminate opposition to their occupation. Uh, it's very brutal. It's very brutal what's going on in Ukraine. But um, the Ukrainians are picking up steam. They're picking up materiel. I mean, one of the things that we talked about early on was that the Ukrainians didn't have a lot of effective armor. And that matters because if you want to hold territory, you really need both infantry and armor uh, because opposing armor will push you off of your positions. Well, as it happens, the route is so bad right now in southeastern Ukraine that Russians are abandoning tanks that are fully functional, are almost fully functional, very easily restored to function. So you've got the Ukrainian forces taking over these tanks and turning them around and fighting the Russians with them. That means that they're going to be able to hold territory more easily than they would have been before. And there's been a lot of talk in the West about whether we should supply them with tanks and heavy armor because that might be, you know, that might be provocative in terms of a Russian response to NATO, which would make this a much wider war. Uh, but as it turns out, it might not even be necessary because the Russians are basically handing over this material to the Ukrainians as they're running away on foot, trying to escape the counteroffensive. So that's another big, that's another big issue here. Karen's got a post up about, uh, the Bidens being late to the queen's funeral yesterday. Andrew and I actually talked about that yesterday, uh, in our, um, in our talk too, about the Bidens being late, not being prepared to be there on time and how that has become a sort of an issue in the British press not too much mentioned in the American press. So we're doing our bit on that. Um, Beige Wellborn had a great post about uh, about Sweden uh, electing um, people who aren't going to condescend to them. Uh, that is, I think, a, uh, a very um, interesting post. It's getting a ton of traffic. Uh, other, other big stories. I mean, we've got um, a lot of stuff on DeSantis today. Uh, there's an ad out for DeSantis. Uh, David Strom later on today is going to have a, an explanation of why he thinks De DeSantis has already launched his presidential campaign and why he finds it to be a, a very effective um, message and uh, why why he might be actually the best Republican candidate in the race. So you're going to want to uh, read that when it goes up. Uh, Jazz actually has a pretty amusing take on abortion, and that, does, that might sound a little odd, but it's getting a lot of, it's getting a lot of attention and some, some really good support in the comments. So be sure to check that out. Um, uh, Virginia and Glenn Youngkin, uh, is, uh, striking back against transgender proselytizing in the schools. That's a David Strom post. Be sure to check that out as well. So we've got lots of good stuff at hot air today, but I don't want to talk too long because we've got some good stuff with Andrew Malcolm as well. That's coming up right now. After that, stay tuned for uh, a message about how you can join, uh, the VIP and VIP gold, uh, members clubs here so that you can support uh, our, our efforts here to work around the mainstream media and big tech to make sure that we can talk about, you know, important things as well as sort of the amusing things about uh, Joe Biden at miss, you know, showing up late for the queen's funeral that for some reason, the American media doesn't really want to focus too much on. Those are the types of, those are the types of editorial decisions that we're going to get around by having an independent platform uh, for, for, Members and non-members alike, but it's better to be a member and we're, we've got lots of great content for you. So stay tuned for Andrew Malcolm 
at A.H. Malcolm, the Prince of Twitter, the Regent of Red State. I'm Ed Morrissey. Thanks for watching the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Joining me as always on Tuesdays, Andrew Malcolm, the Prince of Twitter, at A.H. Malcolm on the Twitter says, the Regent of RedState.com. And uh, speaking of being a regent, he's queened out on the funeral. What happened there, Andrew? <laughs> uh, you know, my whole family was Canadian. I was the first Yank in the bunch. So I was actually I was binational for a while until the Canadian government found out and then they took it away. Um, uh, so I had a lot of the royalty uh, all around me all the time when I spent a lot of my childhood in Canada and I was impressed because the money hit girl on it. And, uh, uh, and so did, so did the stamps. And, um, uh, so I, I, I never did get the emotional can I get the fact that it's a, the royalty in Britain is a living symbol of their much longer past than ours. I get that. Um, and I appreciate it, but, um, uh, and maybe it's because my wife uh, <clears throat> spent a lot of time in Canada too. So, so uh, I'm getting, um, what do you call it? Uh, nonstop BBC on the television. Every room I go to, there's BBC. <laughs> nonstop BBC. There you yeah. go. That's what you need. <laughs> yeah. So uh, everybody analyzing the ties and the dogs and the uh, hats and uh, oh boy. But, you know, I mean, we have our celebrities. They're just not royal. And, and we love to gossip about their foibles. And, and uh, so do the Brits, uh, except they're pretty rich. Um, no. Anyway, anyway uh, that, that uh, Charles arriving for his speech, I think we might have mentioned this last week. Just, you know, you, you, you said, and you were right, that it was a good speech, his first remarks to the commonwealth yeah but uh when he arrived there was, there was a little video of him coming to the desk and he was appalled to see that there was a a pen stand in the wrong place and uh and he motioned with his hands uh, dismissively and he said the servants must move this this isn't my job yeah this isn't yeah. my job. I love the little hand wave that went with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, right. Dismissive hand wave. It's good to be king. So, um, <laughs> uh, I uh, so that that was disappointing, and I've never been all that fond of him. He was kind of a ponce, and I thought, and and there was there's a, a story, at least amongst the Canadians that I know, that Philip was disappointed in him, and uh, he was. Uh, Philip was was an influence behind Elizabeth, but she wanted this to reign longer than Victoria to be the longest ever. But uh, another reason was that it it will shorten the time that Charles is king. So he's what's <laughs> seventy three now. So uh, we can look forward in the not too distant future to having uh, William on the stage, and he and his wife, I think, are just precious. Well, that's as may be, but of course, uh, right now we're we're just dealing with the funeral, and like you said, you're kind oh. of cleaned out. 
And Joe Biden apparently was a little cleaned out too because he showed up late to the funeral. Jesus. I'm sorry. I, the to, gar- the sur- the to the search, to the service at Westminster? Yeah, to, to the service at Westminster. So here's the deal, okay? Oh. The British government had arranged, you know, for transportation yep. for all of the world leaders from where they were staying to Westminster Abbey, right? They were going to take buses, buses, buses right? which would be beneath him. Yeah. Well, right. And Joe Biden and the Secret Service balked at that. They wanted to use the beast um, because the Secret Service wanted to make sure that they had their normal uh, security um, preparations. And so the, you know, the the Liz Truss government graciously allowed that and said, okay, you just need to make sure you get to the, you know, what's the, what's get the, the church from, on time, yeah. get to the church on time, right? From, from, uh, from uh, my fair lady, right? For God's sakes, get me to the church on time. <laughs> yeah. Um, he wasn't getting married in the morning, but of course, you know, yeah. uh, so they showed up about, Oh, half an hour late. I, oh, well, half an hour, half an hour late from when they were supposed to be there. They showed up. They showed up, I guess, five minutes into the ceremony at 10 oh god. And then they had to wait while you know people are processing in. They had a group of veterans that were processing in, right? In honor of the queen and all that. So they had to wait for that procession to go through. So there's pictures of Joe Biden and Jill Biden holding hands, standing next to some guy that's that's trying to arrange this. And they end up sitting in the 14th row, which is not where they were supposed to be, but that's the only place they could put them. And, um, you know, they were supposed to be up near nearer the front in honor of the special relationship. But yes, they actually showed up late because they got hung up in London traffic because apparently yeah. nobody in the, in the nobody would think of that. Yeah. ever thought about, oh, you know what? There might be a lot of traffic because I don't know. There's a huge freaking event <laughs> taking up. The and street. streets are closed. <laughs> you think maybe you'd go a half an hour earlier. And if you show up a little early, you just relax in the car and watch some TV until it's time to go in. I mean, yeah. I've never been in the beast. I've been in limousines, but I've never been in the beast. But my guess is that it's pretty cushy. <laughs> Yeah, I've been in I've been in motorcades uh, with the Bushes, uh, Mrs. and and him, and Secret Service. Uh, you know they they run that like clockwork, and they with the New York City Police, they will stop the what's that called the 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 lower not the lower drive. What's the the expressway theoretically on the east side? Uh, oh, um, you got me. I I yeah. I. I well, I know the West Side Highway, and they took that down. But there's a there's another one that goes under the uh, high rises. Anyway, they stopped it, and uh, traffic was backed up for miles. And we were joking on the campaign that we were going to put signs on the side of the bus or the side of the SUV that said uh, "Gore Campaign," so everybody would get <laughs> everybody everybody would get angry at the Gores instead of us. But that, I mean, that's the Secret Service. You don't, you can't argue with them on that. Right. But um, uh, they, when when they're in charge, uh, is just, you know, nobody, everybody does salutes and yes, sir, and yep. and and they, and they get it done. That's because they have Uzis under those suit jackets. But oh yeah, <laughs> that'd make me sit up and listen. I'm telling you. Did right you now. know what I found out? 
um, the guys, you know, at the inaugural parade where they're walking in the streets next to the car and all that, yeah. they, they have biohazard suits on under their clothes. Oh, good Lord. That's gotta be, that's yeah. gotta be so, um, hot, hot and debilitating those poor guys and, and well, men and women. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in yeah I know. But too, I just, so. oh Lordy. Um, Anyway, they're they're so they're so professional. I just I I really uh, I really admire them, uh, the Secret Service guys, and and they're they're good guys. When when we would be in a hotel for a night, they would have one room that was a Secret Service room, and you could always count on they would go to um, Krispy Kremes, and you could always count on a supply of a couple of boxes of Krispy Kremes on the table that you could go in and mooch it. Yeah. Uh, but it, talking about the motorcades, uh, they weren't armored in the primary days that, that we were in, but there were SUVs. And as a press guy, I got put in the SUV that was close, or I think right behind Bush. And, <laughs> and he said, well, welcome to the Kamikaze car. And I said, what do you, what do you mean? And he said, well, if, if there's a car coming at, at, at the, well, in those days at the governor, uh, we take them out with our car, <laughs> so make sure. <laughs> uh, buckle up! <laughs> buckle up! Well, buckle up, Sebastian. Yeah. So anyway, oh, that is just so mortifying that. He oh yeah, yeah. It's it's really embarrassing that that you show up late for the funeral. It's the only reason he's there. He's there specifically to go to yeah, the funeral. And, and you know, I I could see. I mean, I I can't believe it's the Secret Service's fault. They have, they have two and three routes backed up. I have to believe that they wanted to leave, and the president said, "Well, I'm, I'm going to be a few more minutes." Uh, I, can't, yeah. I can't believe that the Secret Service would pick a route that would make yeah, them well, 30, 30 minutes late. Hey, the buck stops with the president. As much yeah. as he'd like to, have, as much as he'd like to pass the buck on everything under yeah. the sun. The buck stops with the president, even if even if the social if it's social, even if the Secret Service, <laughs> the social, the service. Service, social security people, you know, even if the Secret Service people. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, well, boy. I'm not. Um, then my wife is going to go through the roof when she hears that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Guardian's the one that reported it's all over the British news. We'll wait and see how much how much yeah, space yeah. that gets in the American media. But yeah, they 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 were. The, the British people are not impressed by this, uh, nor should they be. Um, and speaking of being impressed, Andrew, um, we're going to get to your column in a minute. But at first, I want to tackle the 60 Minutes interview. This is the first time in yeah. months, maybe a year, that he's done a a one on a, a major one on one interview. I think the last one was with Stephanopoulos. Yeah. During the Afghanistan withdrawal, right? I don't think he's done which, one. Between. Which was a disaster. Yeah, which was also remember, remember, well, but there were people falling out of airplanes. Oh, yeah. But that was four days ago. What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got a little taste of that in, in his um, answer on inflation. Scott Pelley asked him about inflation. He says it only went up an inch last last month. It only went up an inch. 8.3 percent year on year. It, it was nine point nine point one percent year on year the month before that it's been raging for 16 months on on his watch and yeah 
real disposable personal income has fallen for five straight quarters, but it's, you know, it's only an inch. Don't worry about it. It's a, yeah. Inflation well, is only an inch. Well, that's the blessing of um, making 400 grand a year living in, in um, free government housing with free government uh, cooks. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really nice. Uh, it's good to be king, as you mentioned earlier. <laughs> Twenty-four hour servants. Uh, I mean, I mean, we got to talk about first off, even before we talk about Biden's performance. What about Scott Pelley's performance? Did you watch this interview? No, I okay. usually read them, so I miss out on the innuendos. But I can't really sit there for an hour of CBS. Honestly, I yeah, well, I agree, and I think it was like I think it was a thirty-minute interview. It may have been a full hour, but. Um, there's this one point where Joe Biden declares the pandemic over and Scott Pelley never asks a follow-up, right? I mean, there's all sorts of implications of declaring the pandemic over, including his, you know, the, the, the court standing for his challenges to um, that Florida ruling that, uh, that knocked out his mask mandate. I mean, they're still appealing that. Um, the, um, the other emergency measures, the student loan debt forgiveness plan, which is predicated on the idea that we're still in an emer a pandemic emergency. They're using the HEROES Act uh, to justify that on the basis of the pandemic still being an emergency. Yeah. Scott Pelley doesn't ask a single question about any of that. Just, oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they... I, I can't, I can't, ex I'm, I'm, not, I'm never going to try to explain it, but it's just, <laughs> it's just so, so appalling. I understand there, but he's a professional. He's done this all the time. He should be, have alternate questions and, and follow-ups in mind. If, if you, if he's, you know, on his notes, if he, you ask him this, if he says this, you got this follow-up. If he says that, you got that follow-up, but no, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it is. I mean, it really is embarrassing. And CBS, CBS used to be the gold standard for for TV news. This is a long time ago. Right. But they always used to be on all the big stories and always asking questions. And um, well, I was on stories competing with them and they would uh, annoy the hell out of me at times. Well, I mean, there's there's another piece in this here, too. Um, of this Pelly interview, and this I had up as um, uh, in, in our headline section because the Federalists caught this, and so I wanted to make sure that uh, you know that uh, it got some attention. Greg Price um, highlighted this. I forget who it was that wrote it at the Federalist, but it's up in our headlines. Um, CBS um, you know, Scott Pelly wants to ask about Hunter Biden. And guess the guess what the context of the Hunter oh. Biden question is in 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 Scott of Scott Pelley's question. Guess guess what context he uses to set up this question. Republicans pounced. Exactly, you got it. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. It's uh, Republicans are most likely to go after your son Hunter. I wonder what you'd like to say about your son and whether any of his troubles have caused conflicts for you or for the United States. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it really is. It's pathetic. If you're a, if you're a journalist and you get the first sit down with the president of the United States and his son is under investigation by his own Department of Justice 
for yeah. potential tax fraud and possible Foreign Agent Registration Act violations. I mean, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't predicate that on, well, you know, Republicans are going to, might go after your son if you run for president again. What would you, yeah. how would you, how would you like me, how would you like us to pass this off um, if they do? I'd be saying, look, Hunter apparently was, had business. Your son is a scumbag who's trying to get his child support lowered because his life experience has changed. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. My art isn't selling well. Um, uh, you know, that's a whole other issue too, right? Because there was a, there was a report that was out, I think it was over the weekend that neither Joe nor Hunter have, has ever met <laughs> Hunter's child. Who's now four years old, by yeah. the way, um, because they're attempting to basically excise her out of, out of the, out of the Biden family, even though it's, you know, even though it's now a scientific fact that he is the father of this child. Yeah. Grandpa doesn't seem to grandpa doesn't seem to want to go meet his granddaughter for some doesn't reason. Doesn't want to doesn't want to sniff her hair. Oh. Yeah, well, for that she should be grateful. But I mean, I mean, that's this whole interview is was such a series of softballs, and Biden still managed to screw up, right? I mean, yeah. declaring the pandemic over that whole comment about inflation, which is really bad. I mean, that's a really bad and Taiwan again. Taiwan again. Again, with the, you know, there's a strategic ambiguity and you know this yeah. because you covered, you covered, you know, uh, Asia as a beat reporter for a long time. The United States has maintained strategic ambiguity about our relationship with Taiwan because they want to deter an attack on Taiwan, but they also don't want to provoke one, <laughs> right? The right. strategic ambiguity allows China to live with the situation without, without forcing their hand. It allows us to live with the situation without forcing their hand and while hand. we we sell arms to taiwan and make make a lot of money on it and right. get our get a lot of chips from them uh and yet we don't have ambiguity there's a one of the our carriers is going to stop in south korea for joint exercises shortly uh for the first time in over four years as a message to north korea you know these carriers have nuclear weapons so don't screw around with the south Right. Right. So, so, so eliminating all of the strategic ambiguity, <laughs> I mean, it's really pushing China to react to it. And I mean, this is on top of Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan, a couple other Codells going to Taiwan. Um, this is, this is playing with fire. And the White House, of course, you know, hit reverse almost immediately. Oh my gosh, that's not what he said. <laughs> that's not really what he's. What he said it's is like, not what he said. It's like Putin cannot stay in power. The U.S. has troops in Ukraine. Uh, you know, at some point, you would think that some responsible people, even if they're Democrats, there has to be some, uh, feel an obligation to do something about this guy uh, who's going around walking in the mud and jumping in the puddle like a little kid. It, I, yeah, I don't get it. I'm sorry. This is this is this is very serious stuff. I mean, this is yeah. we, we can sit around and and um, and criticize Joe Biden in terms of policy. And we do that often enough. You know, you know, there's 
they've, they've got economic advisors out there today on CNBC trying to argue. I think it's Heather Bushy uh, was on CNBC Squawk Box arguing that the economy is great. And to the extent that the economy is not great, it's Vladimir Putin's fault. It's the fault of climate change. It's the fault of COVID. And yeah. you know, they want credit for gas prices dropping when gas prices skyrocketed in the first place. And Janet Yellen says they're going up again. And Janet Yellen says they are going up again, possibly. I mean, there's all sorts of nonsense that's 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 part of this. And, you know, those are things that you can criticize. But this is this is core fundamental stuff. This is a guy who is screwing up the same stuff over and over and over again. And of course, the, Af the Afghan exit, yeah. rejecting the general's advice to keep some troops in to, to, to cover the evacuation. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, well, you know, I, it's not like I can do anything. Am I depressing the hell out of you, Andrew? Because yeah, I, I feel yeah, like I'm depressing the hell out of you. I'm going to, I'm going to close this out. Uh, Ed, uh, <laughs> that's enough. It's only, it's, it's only the beginning of the week. Jeez. Well, I, you know, so, so I'm depressing the hell out of you, but, uh, all right. So your column, let's, let's get to your column because this fits in with the issue the, you know, the issues of, um, uh, the, the 60 minutes interview, uh, you talk in your column about the weird echoes of 1984 in uh in joe biden's 2022 and you know war is peace freedom is slavery ignorance is straight there's a lot of this nonsense that's going on that you know yeah. inflation is inflation is good and you know you expect some spin but not new speak right <laughs> yeah that's that that's exactly what it is double speak i can't uh it's, it's hard to think that he really believes this, um, that he's dumb enough to think that, that we're dumb enough. I guess some Americans are dumb enough to buy this, that the economy is going great. He's, he's got, what, 42% uh, uh, approval, and I guess it's ticking up a little. Yeah, I mean, forty-two percent is nothing to nothing to write home about either. I no, mean, that, but it's like the gas prices. Oh, it's yeah. like the gas prices. They are oh, 42. Now it's forty-three. So what? You know, but it's still terrible, and and much of the time worse than Donald Trump, who was supposed to be the worst of all time. Um, right. So so like the gas prices. Oh, they're not as bad as they used to be, uh, but they're still bad. Um, well, they're still, I mean, they're, they're still 55% higher than they were because I took a look at this. It's easy yeah, to yeah. find this stuff, right? The EIA has this data on hand. It's very easy to access gas prices. The average gas price for all across all formulations was $2 and 45 cents, $2 and 45.4 cents to be precise. Cause we want to be precise after all. Yes. Right. That's uh, right. Ed. Right. Right. Precision. We're all about precision here at the end. That's right. And we don't want to be spouting any hot air at hot air. Oh my gosh. That would be terrible. Um, <laughs> today it's $3, three dollars and 80.9 cents per gallon is the average is the EIA average. That's 55% higher than when Joe Biden took office. Now you can claim that this is all because of Vladimir Putin but the truth is, is that gas prices had increased 47% before Vladimir Putin even stepped foot or, you know, sent right. one. It started going up the day of the election. Yeah. Yeah. 
47%. And, and yeah, it's dropped since, you know, mid-June when it was at $5.10, $5.10.7 a gallon in, um, on, in the second week of June. But that's because it had escalated, you know, well over 100% during the, you know, from, from when Biden got uh, elected. I mean, this and is Biden, not what did, in, the inter, in the interview, didn't Biden uh, uh, boast that he was uh, releasing uh, a million barrels a day uh, for, um, of the, from the strategic reserve, yep. which, which is like, it's, it's like spending your 401k before you retire. You know, I mean, what, by the way, uh, each barrel is 44 gallons of liquid petroleum. Right. right. So that's a lot. That's 44, <laughs> 44 million gallons. That's, and that's crude. That's, and that's crude. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, gasoline is obviously a subset of the products that come out of that. I think it's 18. 18 gallons of gasoline or something like that. I forget what the percentage is. It's, but you know, there's other things that we make from petroleum too. So, um, so yeah, I mean, as a, as a rural resident, I also note that propane prices are up. Propane prices are up and gasoline prices are going to start going up again too, because a we're starting to run out to a point where you really can't keep draining the strategic petroleum reserve B um, once you start excluding Russian oil from the markets, prices, the price of oil is going to, is going to skyrocket again, which means that you're, you know, the gas prices are going to skyrocket along with them. And even though, and, and see for that matter, the reason why gas prices have come down over the summer is because demand is off. <laughs> demand is down because we've got less economic activity going on. Yeah. And that, you know, that means it's a good signal that you're heading into a recession, which was the reason why Heather Boucher, Boucher or Boucher was on um, CNBC today is because FedEx is saying that the global recession is already here. Um, and she was responding to, she was called, she was called in there to respond to FedEx, FedEx's warning. Yeah. And uh, she was like, well, you know, uh, you know, Putin and COVID and climate change, climate change, climate change, climate change. Yeah, uh, FedEx is closing some offices and and uh, laying off people, and Starbucks is closing stores. That's six of them. <laughs> Why am I laughing? In Los Angeles. Um, yeah. And that's for safety reasons, not the recession. Yep, that's exactly right. It's Although for safety. I have to say. Before the recession, I'd stop paying six dollars for a cup of coffee. <laughs> well, good for you. I, I don't I usually to, go. I don't usually go to coffee shops anyway. I usually just drink no, it. Well, I used to like that on my drive to work. At, you know, it, it, it was like getting a chocolate milkshake, except it was coffee. But uh, I don't drive to work anymore, so I'm saving gas there, Ed. Part of part of the, <laughs> my green economy. Uh, yes, the, um, you know, I, I was, I had this, I had this, um, line going through my head, you know, George Thorogood's, you know, when I drink alone, I prefer to be by myself. That, that, that applies to coffee for me, not, not necessarily alcohol, which is how Thorogood meant it. Yeah. It's, it's like a, every time I see Joe Biden speak or, or Kamala Harris, I, I keep thinking of professor Irwin Corey. Remember him? Oh Yeah. 
Yeah. The, 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 the goofy talking guy. Uh, and he would always start his act off with, however. However. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be actually. Actually. When, uh, so when you get where you're going, there you are. There you are. Well, that's that's the Buckaroo Bonsai line. Hey, now. Hey, now. Remember, no matter where you are, no matter where you go, there you are. That's I, I screwed up the line. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite films. Way to go, Ed. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no matter where you go, there you are. All right. Speaking of which, no matter where you go, you should go to redstate.com and that's read right. Andrew's great stuff over there and uh, and uh, be on Twitter. No matter where you go on Twitter, you have to follow Andrew on Twitter at A.H. Malcolm because he's the prince, the prince of Twitter. Um, who's queened out, but still the prince of Twitter. And That's usually right. he's got a joke or two for us to finish up our segment. So here we go. I do. Right. Yeah, right. Let's see here. So uh, these are all old ones, but uh, Conan uh, said in the new Terminator movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger's cyborg character goes back in time to fight a younger version of himself. They tried to talk it out, but neither Schwarzenegger could understand what the other was saying. <laughs> I like that. It's not a tumor. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, a man in boxer, uh, boxer shorts, shut down the LA freeway when he climbed an exit sign, hung political banners, vaped, danced, and shouted from a bullhorn. He's already being described as the Democrats' best hope in 2024. <laughs> Uh, let's see. You know, if he'd and, been wearing tidy whities that never would have happened. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And Seth Myers, he said, uh, today was National Hug Your Cat Day. There were no survivors. <laughs> that's a bad idea. Just in case you were wondering, it's a bad <laughs> idea. But you know what's a good idea? Following Andrew Malcolm on Twitter at AH Malcolm. That's what a segue. Idea. You're a pro. Oh I've been doing gosh. it for a while, man. <laughs> for a while. All right, Andrew. Well, thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you again next week, sir. And congrats on the new uh, hot air changes. They've been uh, very exciting. I know people are reacting very positively. So congrats been, on that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I appreciate all of the great feedback we're getting from readers. And Adam uh, Baldwin, I can't believe it. Adam Baldwin and the uh, and you know last night the. Uh, or yesterday afternoon, the, the most recent episode went up. So be sure to check that out in our VIP section. And if you want to know how to access our VIP section, well, Andrew's pretty good with segues too, because you can just stand by for a moment to find out how you can join our VIP and VIP membership clubs. Thanks for watching the Ed Morrissey Show. Stay Thanks, Ed. See you, everybody, next week. Thank you for watching or listening to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and through the Town Hall Media Player, or you can just come to hotair.com and watch my podcast for free. However, I'd also love to have you join us as members of our VIP and VIP Gold programs. 
That allows us to defeat the stranglehold that big tech has on information and get you the best information that we possibly can. Plus, we have a lot of new value-added content coming to us from Town Hall Media uh, stars and my good friend Adam Baldwin. He and I are doing the video series, The Amiable Skeptics. It's one hour of discussion a week strictly for our VIP and VIP Gold members. Plus, we have our VIP Gold chat with Kem Edwards every Wednesday afternoon at 1.30 p.m. We'd love to have you as members. Be sure to join up. Thanks again for watching the Ed Morrissey Show podcast.